Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 284th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the MSP studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. Thanks for having me on. How are you today? I'm doing well. Um, it turned summer all of a sudden, and so, so nice. I'm living it up. And Short sleeves today? Oh, yeah. For the foreseeable future. Not going back. As far as the eye can see. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, what have you been up to? Well, we were just talking a few minutes ago. We've been listening to some weird music. Oh, sure. We've been, um, we've been going down some interesting paths and sharing some music lately. You know who we need uh, some recommendations from? Who's that? Is Patrick, if you're listening. Uh, one of our first ever Patreon subscribers at yes. the $2 level, yes. going way back. Yes. Uh, we've been listening to, I've been listening to more like progressive rock. I've been really into Yes lately. And just like a couple months ago, I started this whole um, blues rock playlist where I was like following the trajectory of blues rock from its roots. Super fun stuff. Yeah. But now it's got me, when you get into the 70s and stuff, then you get started in Prague. And, oh, yeah. Oh, just exploring all that is so fun. Yeah. Yeah, we've been going down some uh, some interesting rabbit holes, listening to some some strange stuff we never thought we'd hear, but it's been, a, it's been a fun journey. If any of that sounds familiar, leave us some recommendations in the comments. Yeah. Um, having a two-year-old, I think I've mentioned this before, but having a two-year-old where we're trying to not have the TV on all the time, so it just listening to music just kind of fills yeah. that gap a little bit for sure uh, where we can avoid screens and putting on entire albums works really well because it's not like I feel like playlists for a two-year-old it's like catching their attention again every three minutes with a new thing and it's like I don't know. There's just yeah. so many different ways you can overstimulate a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And listening to a full album all the way through yeah. just kind of like settles them back down, I think. At least yeah. That's what works for us anyway. That's cool. So you ought to be able to enjoy that. Getting to that point. Um, what all are we going to talk about today, Kyle? We're going to talk about, obviously, the big news of the week, Desiree Reed francois leaving for Arizona. And we're going to update everybody on how bad the basketball team is. Uh, before we do all that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a review wherever you listen to us. And, of course, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod. Kyle, the basketball team uh, lost two more games, this time to Ole Miss and Tennessee. The Tennessee game, the first 10 minutes of the game was some of the ugliest basketball you've ever seen in your life to the point where, like, Tom Hart was just, like, publicly making fun of it on the broadcast and he had a really good line where he was comparing the six to two score to a baseball game uh going into a commercial break yeah just back and forth both teams just yeah. brick after brick yeah uh we've joked around like mentioned how many times missouri goes on these enormous scoring droughts where they bring the graphic up on the screen they just started off the night with that yeah uh, Let's get it out of the way. Zero field goals made for like the first nine minutes of the game. Missouri had two points from two separate trips to the free throw line for a really long time. Somehow led at halftime. Yeah, that's why I, I said if if uh, Missouri's winning at halftime, like 
storm the court. Like this is the <laughs> biggest win you're going to get the rest of the season. I love that the fans keep showing up, man. It's crazy. It's, it is insane. Yeah. But uh, yeah, took the lead into halftime, but inevitably uh, Tennessee went on a 14 to two run in the second half and kind of put the game away there. Um, yeah, I guess they're still fighting though. I mean, how many, like every game is like this. It's like, all right, they're coming out with some energy. They're playing, they're playing hard, but can't actually get it done. Yeah. Um, Dennis Gates had an interesting post-game <laughs> presser last That's night. That's true. Yeah. Um, Dropped the F-bomb. Yeah. Very, very crystal clear. Yeah. Uh, Noah Carter. There's an angle of it where Noah Carter like raises eyebrows like, oh, he yeah. said that. Yeah. He said, we suck at drawing fouls. We effing suck at it. Yeah. He specifically asked us not to bleep it. He asked like reporters and everybody not to bleep it. Start, but I'm sorry, coach. It's a family friendly show. Family friendly. Um, not going to say it on this podcast, but I think everyone gets the idea. Yeah, and probably agrees with him. Yeah, but that seemed a little out of character, did it not? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. At least from who he was last season. Yeah, I feel like. I don't know. I, I don't want to be overly critical because I feel like it's easy to get negative and pile on when the, you know, when you're eight and 18, oh, and 13 in conference play. But Dennis Gates has always had a little bit lacking when it comes to the press conferences and, you know, communications uh, with the fans and stuff. Like, not even just like how he talks or anything, but just like not super forthcoming with information. Just giving you nothing. Yeah. yeah. And like, never we never got solid explanations on like isaiah mosley's situation last year we've talked before about john tanjay this year how at one point his availability he was as available as he always was or whatever yeah like very very tangible issue going on he had an injury but they didn't tell us that right and so i've always been a little bit frustrated with uh coach gates you know public media appearances and stuff but Obviously, that stuff's very easy to overlook when you're going to the NCAA tournament and, you know, sending players to the NBA. When the record looks like it does this year, it's just easier to... I don't know if it's necessarily nitpicking or just, like, it's just easier to point out. Well, it probably is really frustrating for him to have to show up and talk about every loss. Yeah, for sure. When it's the same story every time, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he's been very demonstrative on the sidelines, too. Uh, like yelling at the refs yes. the whole game, like noticeably, like noticeably, constantly. like cussing at the refs yes. and stuff. Like, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's fine, whatever, yeah, whatever you want to do. But it was just, it's very different than coach than we saw last year. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to kind of see the stark differences. Yeah, yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to see the behind the scenes, like in practices and stuff, how much, because I feel like that's where I, I'm imagining that's where you'd want to be most consistent and most like right bring in the same energy to your team you know and you're going to be changing your energy in practice is going to be to send a message to the team it'd be interesting to know what things look like behind the scenes there um looking at the rest of the schedule here uh, missouri plays at arkansas on saturday finish out with at florida home against ole miss and auburn then a road trip to lsu to finish the regular season Assuming they get uh, 14th in the conference, they would play the 11th place team, which is currently Georgia in the SEC tournament. We'll see how it goes. 
Yes. W- what would happen mm-hmm. if they go 0 and 18? <laughs> okay. Stay with me here. Uh huh. And then they just run through the SEC tournament and win and have to be an automatic bid for the NCAA tournament. What seed are they getting? I feel like that's the, never happened. The ever. right thing to do would be don't allow that. <laughs> Like, uh, like, like the, we are rescinding the this selection offer. committee is like we don't know what happened in the SEC, but we're this is not a, we're not going to let this happen. <laughs> um, I don't know like how low of a seed is a SEC team allowed to receive. I don't even know if they can get like a fifteen or sixteen, but they deserve it if they if that happened. Yeah, it won't happen. So yeah. just never mind. Yeah, the like uh, bottom of the barrel. Uh, that's a, that's a little too mean, but like fifteen, sixteen seeds. Are they'll sometimes get around 200 in Kempom, which <laughs> they're I, down there, yeah. Like, well, like, I mean, Missouri's me, headed that direction. I mean, not, I mean, just to show what the deal is here, Princeton last year they were 15C, but they were 91st in Kempom. Wow, so there's uh, often teams that are way worse than that getting into the tournament. Oh, yeah, we're not gonna have to worry about that, but maybe we could beat Georgia. <laughs> to start yeah we have to we'd have to win two games i I just can't believe we're back here like yeah oh i thought i honestly thought the days of finishing in the bottom four were over oh they're back they're they're back in the worst form even that's ever even worse than it was before oh um Are any of these players going to be back next year? What's the deal with Caleb Grill? I thought he was supposed to be back by now. I don't know. It seems like it's been a really long time. Is um, he going to apply for a medical red shirt? Does he have that? I don't know. Does he have that like available to him? I don't know either. I would think so. So that would mean potentially. I'm on the wrong. I'm looking at last year's team. There's a few players from that team I'd like to have back. <laughs> um, Tamar Bates, Caleb Grill. And John Tanjay could all return next year. Give me two of three, two of those three guys. I can live with it, but I'd really probably not want all three of those guys to come back. I bet they all three come back if I'm betting. Actually, the I feel like the least likely to come back is Tamar Bates. Yeah, might be right because he's actually out there on the floor while they're losing. Yeah, and he's actually kind of good. Yeah. Yikes. Okay. Now segue. Um, Coach Gates' boss, he doesn't have a boss anymore. Maybe that's why he's letting loose. Maybe so. Um, Desiree Reed-Francois, former athletic director at the University of Missouri, has left for the same position at the University of Arizona, which is shocking, to say the least. Yeah. And it's got all of Mizzou fandom, you know, freaking out a bit, justifiably, I would say. Yeah. Is there, it's worth a bit of a freak out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When I saw this news come across, it was just like, well, I saw, the first thing I saw was uh, some bad words in our Discord. Oh, and I was yes. like, and I did, but I didn't know what had happened yet. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh no, like who yeah. left or who whatever. Yeah. And so, but I really did not think it was going to be this. This is not the news I ever thought I would see. Uh, but yeah, uh, when you go from a great situation in the SEC where you're bringing in uh, like a top five NIL donations and uh, you take less money to go to a worse school and a worse conference that's 
currently uh, operating in a $177 million deficit, uh, it's going to raise some eyebrows yeah. nationally. And that's exactly what happened. And Arizona is her alma mater. Uh, from graduate school. From graduate school, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, the weather is nicer there, Cameron, yeah. but I'm going to just tell you, those two factors had nothing to do with the decision. Tucson? Is that where? Um, I think so. Maybe, yeah. Uh, Arizona. I, somewhere in Arizona. It's, I don't even... I. It's the hot. The weather there is debatable whether that's actually an upgrade. It's really hot, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, but some people like having all four seasons, right? <laughs> You sound like me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's true, though. All four seasons are nice. It, Tucson. Correct. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, there's some like northern Arizona areas that are actually sure. Kind, you can kind get of up chilly, in the mountains. A little yeah. bit chilly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what was your your immediate reaction as you're reading this? Like, it, yeah, it doesn't I, take long to see that this is clearly not like a career defining step. Yeah. You know. Yeah, my first thought was, uh, what do we not know? Mm-hmm. Um, because this is not an ordinary career move. It makes very little to no sense at all. And it makes less sense when you really start digging into the financial troubles that Arizona's in. I mean, they've taken out $86 million in loans since 2018 and have struggled to pay them back. Like, the whole university yeah. is not doing well financially. And that's something that DRF said, that she's looking forward to building back. Um yeah, Good maybe luck. maybe it's a case of a little uh, challenge for you. Yeah, her. you know, she's just everything was going too well, and she needed to really just see what she could do with an actual rebuilding project. Right. So I guess you know, as we've dug into this a little bit deeper, you know, it doesn't seem like there's some, um, you know, terrible monster in the closet that we don't know about, but it does sound like more like kind of nickel and diming, like you know, some. Some small friction that has added up um, between her and the the board of curators and yeah. all of, you know the administration at Missouri and stuff like that. So, which we'll we'll go into all of that. But it, I don't think that that you know there's some big news coming, right? Um, but that kind of was my first thought, right? And yeah, it's kind of like, <laughs> would it be better if there was an isolated thing that was the one one hundred percent the cause of this move? Yeah. Because the further you dig into this, um, it feels more like this is just the vibe is just institutional problems. Yes, between the athletic department and the board of curators, potentially. So we'll jump into it a little bit here. Um, This is going to be almost entirely speculation based on a little bit of research we were able to do and things we're reading online. But that's the most fun thing to do is just speculate wildly. So we'll give it our best shot. Um, the last like two weeks or so, um, three big things happened. The, well, including her leaving on February 19th. On February 5th, the $62 million gift to the athletic department was announced. Three days later, the board of curators established an oversight committee and then 10 days after that, she leaves for Arizona. Yeah, which uh, kind of a thing to keep in mind, like the board of curators are kind of like the board of trustees, I guess, for the entire University of Missouri. So they're looking at, you know, the finances for the entire university. But obviously, I think they're involved with the hiring and firing of sports related stuff a lot. And so I think some people think that it's just 
the kind of the board over the athletic department, mm-hmm. which is not totally true, but I'm sure that the athletic department ends up getting a lot of their focus because of the kind of money that's coming in and out of it. Yeah, and just like the the brand of Mizzou Athletics does like on a national scene tends to overshadow the university right to some extent yeah so you know from our perspective it's like okay things are going really really well and drf is doing a great job and um i do think that she has done a great job and has really elevated the department in different ways spending has gone up and but now you've got this oversight committee um that's now kind of just saying we're gonna keep an eye on you and because of rising spending in the athletics department so that certainly has seemed to be a piece of the puzzle um, that that has now, in retrospect, raised eyebrows. Because at the time, it was like, whatever. Right. And didn't really seem to draw a lot of attention. But looking back, it's like, oh. That was the immediately the thing that was first pointed to, like, this, there's a decent chance this has something to do with what's going on. For sure. And uh, yeah, yeah, you were actually able to find one anonymous Twitter account that, like, spoke about it before she yeah. left and was like, this i'm not a big fan of this oversight committee thing it was so bizarre it was so like prophetic that it almost read like somebody's burner account oh yeah that like knew more about it than the public could possibly even know (laughs) and which could be true i don't know but it was just like an anonymous twitter account that was like going on and on about how the oversight committee was a bad idea so i'm going to read just a little bit of their the committee's description from columbiamissourian.com uh, quote, we are aware of the fundamental aspects of college, that the fundamental aspects of college athletics are undergoing significant and ongoing changes. These include, but are not limited to, shifts in athlete acquisition and retention methods and costs, the changing landscape of coach salaries and mobility, as well as the rising expenses associated with maintaining, upgrading, and constructing facilities. These changes bring about various challenges with broader implications. And that little bit there, uh, end quote, that little bit um, and more really does read like the job of the athletic director. And so there was a pretty nasty vocal part of Mizzou Twitter that just went kind of berserk mode on the board of curators. Maybe that's warranted. Uh, People were being a little too nasty, though. in my opinion, uh, and I, but I get it. Like the board of curators sets up this committee, this oversight committee over the athletic department. And the description of it reads like the job description of the athletic director. Right. That that's a red flag. And to a, to an athletic director that seemingly is doing a very, very good job, like better than we've maybe ever seen from a, you know, everything's going really well. And, um, you know, it's, she seems like she's forward thinking and she's pushing the boundaries and, you know, we're, um, listening to the fans and all of this stuff. Yeah. So why, as soon as she came on, there was a lot yeah. of like messaging, uh, like asking fans to review the stadium features and what, what kind of stuff do you yeah. want to see? And those, yeah. cha- some of those changes have been made. Like yeah. They followed through on it. Yeah. And that's not always common with, um, you know, athletics departments or from administration. Yeah, and just her visibility and seeming like I, it. She always seemed very hands-on to yeah. me. Oh yeah, it, from afar. It looked, oh for sure. I, I mean, think about um, her walking. Uh, her and Dennis Gates walking Isaiah Mosley out at senior night. 
Yeah, that was really cool. Like, I don't know. That, yeah, she's always at the games, very, very visible, even on TV. Mm-hmm. That you'll see her. Um, yeah, I thought that was that was like a rare thing, I think, for ADs to some extent. And um, yeah, even at like football games, like we'd be tailgating, we see her like yeah. drive by and stuff, yeah. you know, to wave into the fans. Yeah, she did a phenomenal job with seeing very like seemingly very approachable and um, like just listening to the fans. Mm-hmm. Well, so that makes us sound very anti board of curators here. Is that? Uh, but yeah, I think basically what we're doing is going chronologically through yeah. like our reaction yeah. to the news and because yeah we were kind of like going through these exact thoughts with, with everybody like yeah like yeah. why did the why did the board do this yeah. why would they do this and and uh you know i'm not necessarily like you look at the who the who makes up the board of curators they're like i don't know these folks don't they, seem like they're the most in touch with yeah uh the college experience <laughs> You know, yeah, like, you know, random investors or yeah. just half of them are lawyers, people that like, just own stuff, which makes sense, you know, Mizzou Law School or whatever. But, right. uh, you know, yeah, it just uh, it didn't seem like a group of people who I would be like, yeah, these people are going to really yeah. have their finger on the pulse. Right. Well, you know, I think that's um, they have they maybe have their finger on the pulse of like the movers and shakers at the, in the state of Missouri. Right. Which and, is a big deal. And they're very, very focused about the finances yeah. and the budget of the department, which that's a traditional AD would have that focus. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to find somebody that, that can maybe balance both of those initiatives, kind of making life seem like a party, like DRF yeah. did, yeah. and also balancing the finances. And yeah. so I feel like you maybe have two different parties here that care have very different interests in mind. Yeah. And so there is an aspect of this as well that has kind of taken the form of, is this the board of curators slash football team coach drinkwitz versus the rest of the athletic department that's oversimplifying it and making it too black and white but there was a little bit of rumor speculation about you know um they're not being a fantastic like it just seemed like the board of curators was more interested in football than and maybe perhaps DRF was, you know, looking more at the entire athletic department. Yeah, I think we definitely have some indicators showing that, like I said, the the board of curators is focused on what is driving revenue for the organization, and that's what football does. And so it does feel like they have been very football focused. There was some speculation that when Coach Shrinkwitz got his extension, when the football team really wasn't doing that great two mm-hmm. seasons ago, um, that that was not um, like a unanimous. Not everybody was behind that, right? And but the the board of curators were kind of rumored to be the driving force of that. And you know, I think that yeah, the board has a strong connection with with Shrinkwitz going back to even how he was hired. That's true. So. It does feel like the board of curators, their focus is football, football really almost entirely, and the football program is doing very well right now, and so that yeah, they want to protect Coach Drinkwitz. And there is a degree of that that makes sense, because yeah, the sure. football team is the cash cow of the whole operation. Yeah. Even um, really from an entire university standpoint. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it is, it, it's, it's pretty fascinating honestly but it is also just like 
very frustrating because like why do so many people need to have things their way or the highway it just like the last 10 years of mizzou athletics it just has felt like it's just personality clash after personality clash where people are just not on the same page yeah and it finally felt like everybody was on the same page and right this happened at least yeah from our perspective yeah. the public perspective but yeah i mean it's like we're just inventing new ways to be mizzoued at this point <laughs> yes. just like uh yeah, yes. just egotistical administration yes. uh, edition of getting mizzoued. Yeah. Um, yeah, another thing, you you mentioned um, kind of the the potential philosophical differences that maybe DRF had with the board of curators. You mentioned that maybe she had a little bit more of a broad view of the athletics department. And I think one thing that points to that is the facilities plan that mm-hmm. she came out with in last October, I guess, is when that announcement came out. Um, that they were going to do this huge like renovation project that like every athletics department at Mizzou is going to be impacted in some way. They were going to do all these like subsequent uh, construction projects and like renovate the facilities and all this stuff. They sp- and it specifically said what whatever release that was specifically said every yeah athletic team yes will be like, impacted everybody yeah and so like wow um you know that's great and not you don't always see that um especially at one time. Yeah. But so it seemed like a very zealous uh, proposition. So we didn't really hear much about it. Just that was the announcement. Great. Mm-hmm. That sounds like really exciting. Sounds like a very futuristic project. But uh, but anything, the communications at that time was like, this has to go to the board for approval. Right. Right. So it goes to the board for approval the next month in November. And the only thing that comes out of that meeting is that the board of curators, uh, they... Um, basically green light just football stadium improvements to the north end zone Mm -hmm. so there was just nothing that said at all about any other sport it's just we have approved the north end zone stuff and then we never hear anything about that either and that we've never even seen renderings or anything of what that's supposed to look like and maybe that's fine but there was clearly and again there was like one of those things where it's like didn't seem like a huge deal at the time because drf kind of was in support of that messaging at the time, whether she agreed with it or not. She, at least from the public's eye, she yeah. was in support of it. Right. And they were sending out emails and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in retrospect now, it looks like that might also have been another point of contention <laughs> mm-hmm. where the board of curators and DRF just had different things in mind. Um, and the board really just was focused on the football improvements. That's so bizarre. Uh, yeah, this doesn't make any sense to me how they could not figure stuff like that out and yeah. be on the same page. Yeah, I feel like and ultimately... Maybe there's probably other things going into it that make the all the parties not as inclined to get along as we would imagine they would just naturally want to. Right. Yeah, I think that's just really my take after, after all of this is like, I don't know, I'm not going to take a side. I don't know... Who's in the right? Who's in the wrong? Probably everybody, to some extent, is everything. But it's just disappointing that, as Mizzou fans, it felt like everything was good for mm-hmm. just a, mo- a brief moment in time. Yeah, and um, it doesn't feel like that anymore. No. <laughs> no. Um, another another interesting thing that I found when I was doing a little bit of research was uh, I'm looking at a uh, St. Louis Post Dispatch article from January, recapping the last three years of Mizzou Athletics 
revenue and expenses. And one thing that jumped out that they spotlight in the article is a line item in the revenue chart table called direct institutional support, which this article explains is typically means a loan from the university specifically to the athletic department. And going back the last three years, direct institutional support in 2021 was $1 million. 2022, that jumped to $12 million. 2023, that jumped to just shy of $23 million of the athletic, the athletic department's $141 million total revenue. So, so that's loans they're taking out from the university? From the university to the athletic department that has to be paid back. So astronomical spike. Yes. And then, but also they're able to categorize it as a revenue. Yes. Yeah. So, and it's like a pretty significant yeah. percentage of the revenue they're reporting. Yes. So somebody that knows more than me, just reading this one article and looking at this one table would have to explain that to me a little bit. But I don't know. I could see if, uh, you know, if you run a company and, and to be completely transparent, I hate that we talk about that. This is just the reality of the situation, but I hate that we talk about, you know, colleges like companies, but that's a different conversation. Uh, if one of your departments is, you know, you're having to float them these loans constantly, uh, then I could see some other parts of the organization wanting to take a peek, take a closer look and be like, Hey, what's going on here? Do we need to have an oversight committee? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, clearly something changed in 2022 and I don't know exactly when DRF came into the picture, but that seems consistent with Mm -hmm. DRF's, uh, arrival and, uh, overhaul of the department. Clearly, you know, a lot of spending was going into things and I, yeah, that's when the oversight committee, not only are large amounts of money being spent, but not in the way that they want to see it spent. Potentially, yeah. Potentially. Exactly. Yeah. Because they want to see it all with football mostly. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting stuff. Um, It'll be... So, obviously, she did not hire Coach Drinkwitz. That was under Jim Sterk, but was like another little board of curators coup that maybe worked out. (laughs) I don't even know if there's any current board members that are still serving that would have been then yeah i don't know but i know john sunvold was at that time right which he's obviously not now yeah that was the rumor at the time that he sort of spearheaded the uh declining the candidate that jim sterk brought to the table right and basically went out and got drinkwitz himself yeah but that was kind of the inception of where the idea that it seems like the board has always kind of um had coach drink back yeah and like right. they've had that connection from the start right and uh obviously um drf brought in coach gates who was having an abysmal year and you never want to see the person that hired you you know leave the organization so that's just you know a little bit more uncertainty yeah. that uh we'll have to be dealing with yeah i don't think they would ever make a change this season um even with new leadership and stuff, but it certainly does make the lease shorter next year, potentially, if things don't go as well, if they don't rebound like 
we think they should, I think we're going to be having those conversations because, like you said, the person that hired Coach Gates is no longer here. Yeah. Coach Gates might want to become better friends with Coach Drinkwitz at this rate. <laughs> That's That seems to be where you're safest. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, although, like, I'm joking mostly, but, like, if uh, if it gets revealed that Coach Drinkwitz is, like, the bad guy, like... I can't handle that. TM, the bad guy, that would be devastating. Yes. What do you even, what would that even look like? I don't know. Just like, if just, if things go really bad randomly and then like everything just starts, I don't know. I, I'm just, it's easy for me to imagine things going poorly. <laughs> <laughs> you have a few samples of that yeah. happening in uh, your life. Yeah. So, uh what, i mean what who did we sell our soul to for one good basketball season one good football season yep i mean it is just gone at this point though that is it's been too like need two good football seasons out of it yeah or else seriously that, that even the mini movie guy's gone <laughs> that's true like what Lost is him. happening man couldn't even have two seasons worth of mini movies which, but that that's a little bit more foreseeable. Like the work they were doing, he's going. Yeah. To, he's going to Hollywood, right? Yeah, well, probably. Yeah, he's going to be making Oscar. That's the biggest loss the of the off season. Films. Um. Yeah. So now we get to return to our exercise of um, what was the exercise? You can only keep two. Yeah. Between Coach Gates, <laughs> DRF, and Coach Drinkwitz. Oh, man. That was like the hardest decision of my life at yeah. the time. Yeah. Like, understandably so. I don't even know when that was. Was that like after this basketball season had started? Yeah. Barely. Yeah. Uh, and I don't even know. Now we could we play said. Keep One and it'd be easy. <laughs> keep One. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, who did we even say? We said DRF. That's I think I, I did. I, I can't remember. I was like too torn, but then uh, after Coach Gates has been doing terrible, then it was easier. But uh, it's okay. This is, this is it's okay. I it, had the, the same the same person that asked that question to us, uh, like DM'd us on Twitter and said like, "Why oh. did you have to say DRF?" Oh, I right, think that's right. why. Okay, yeah. Now it's all coming back now. <laughs> so, sorry, I guess I manifested this. <laughs> okay. Um, but this is a low point and we're going to just climb back out of it and everything will be fine. Oh, right. The football team is going to be good. The recruiting class in basketball is going to be good. We're going to get transfers. We're going to get a fantastic new athletic director. We're going to talk about some potential replacements right oh, yeah, now. Yeah. Who, who do you got on your list? Yeah, who? I got a few names. All right. <clears throat> First of all, I think this person has to be like the new age AD, like yes. in the way the DRF was. Yes. Like... There is a just little tangent real quick. Mm -hmm. There is like a whole thing going on with Missouri State mm -hmm. and their athletic director, Kyle Motes. Um, he's been there for a very long time, maybe even a decade or longer. I don't know. And every subsequent year, Missouri State basketball, which is kind of their flagship sports program, has gotten worse. There's been like this big three-part uh, newspaper article that was written by Wyatt Wheeler, kind of the uh, news leader sports reporter and here in Springfield just going over how terrible everything is and mm -hmm. how little they do to change and how not approachable the athletic department is and the AD specifically. 
and like men, like even like using DRF as an example of like what it should look like right. in his article and stuff. And I think that's so true that we need somebody that um, wants to make it fun to go to a basketball game on a Tuesday night in January. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, someone who's connecting to students specifically. Yes. Connecting with students and fans, really fulfilling on promises and making changes and just being willing to, you know, whatever, go with the flow and be experimental, try yes. new things. Yes. yes. All be that. visible. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think we need, I think we need somebody like that because that really seemed to work wonders for Missouri. Um, few names that i have uh probably a name a lot of you guys are familiar with is ren baker mm-hmm. he is currently the athletic director at west virginia and he was a deputy director of athletics at mizzou from 2015 to 2016 and he was the interim ad when mike alden mike alden retired and so he had like a pretty successful five or six year stop at north texas um mm-hmm. after leaving missouri and then he was hired at west virginia in 2022 so I have, you know, basically all the names on this list have Missouri connections. That doesn't mean the person they hire is going to, but, you know, obviously Rin Baker is like a pretty obvious candidate to keep in mind as somebody who knows the department. Yeah. And uh, has, has, the experience. has seemed to do yeah. well in his experience. Um, then we've got Doug Gillen, who is the current athletic director at Appalachian State. Uh, he was a deputy director of athletics at Mizzou from 2012 to 2015. So, assumingly, had the job before Ren Baker did. He hired Drinkwitz at Appalachian State in 2019. And that's, that's pretty, like, unique yeah. characteristic that you were associated with Mizzou and hired the current football coach at his last job. Right. Yeah. And so, and the, he's really maintained the football program through several coaching changes. Mm-hmm. Like, they've kind of just, like, keep being good and losing their coach to somebody else. Um. So, yeah, he definitely has done a pretty good job and has some unique connections to Missouri as well. Um, next name is Laird Veach, who is the athletic director at Memphis. And no, that is no relation to Brett Veach. <laughs> uh, anyways, he worked in the Missouri athletic director office from 97 to 02. And he did several things, including managing the TSF program. Uh just from reports that I've seen, he's been very progressive with NIL at Memphis, and he's currently pioneering a $200 million football stadium renovation. So obviously somebody that comes in has to be you know, receptive to the work that Missouri is doing at NIL. Mm-hmm. It's unique. Yeah. It's fast and furious, yeah. and it's progressive. And obviously the AD that comes in has to be supportive of that. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, and then the the last like serious name I have is Saria Saria mm-hmm. <laughs> Sarah Bumgardner, who mm-hmm. is the executive senior associate AD at Texas. Uh, she worked at Mizzou from 2006 to 2013, uh, and this is from Texas's website, mm-hmm. I believe. She oversaw a 15-member staff that raised 84 million dollars for the Going for Gold campaign, um, and she was an integral part of fundraising during Missouri's move to the SEC. Yeah, she was head fundraiser for a while. Yeah, I, I think. Um, you said that's the last serious candidate. Yeah, John Sunvold. Yeah. <laughs> that's I mean, my not serious candidate. I mean, he is well loved. People I, like, love yeah, yeah, people love him. Um I think I would I think Sarah Baumgartner jumped out to me at honestly, all four of those candidates seem yeah. legit. Yeah. 
Like to the point where I'm trying to think like DRF came from UNLV. So not another power five program. And, um, but she had a track record of hiring good coaches and especially on the basketball side. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like she's got the fundraising experience. Yeah. And I just would be shocked if it's not one of those four names, right? Like that would be pretty left field when you yeah. have four people with really legit experience and ties to the university. Yeah. Unless they're just like, you know, I think a lot of people were, uh, you know, Missouri's AD office needed a change mm-hmm. like especially in like the jim sterk era mm-hmm. and maybe even at the end of mike alden's mm-hmm. um tenure so maybe they just like don't even want to mess with anybody that is like kind of from the old regime a little bit of like how they used to do things but i agree i mean these one of these four candidates seem like um mac rhodes was in there too oh yeah <laughs> which of course he went to be like great at yeah. baylor yeah um yeah. A, they a similar situation where like uh go to like a university in turmoil and just immediately make all the right decisions and yeah. improve everything. Uh, yeah, honestly, I'd be happy with any of those. Uh, or like Ren Baker feels like the mo he, I feel like he'd be the, uh, Vegas favorite yeah, for sure. <laughs> if, like the betting odds favorite. Yeah. But, uh, if I was, if I was interviewing him, I would interview all four and I feel like, Based on the resume that you just laid out, give me Sarah Baumgartner for the for the job. Okay. I think Tyler said that on Discord, and I agree with him there. But really, I'd be fine with any of those. Yeah. Which means it'll be none of them. Got to right. be, got to be okay with uh, having an oversight committee. Well, yeah, that's an interesting part. Is like if does that legitimately make does that the go job away? Less desirable. <laughs> Does that go away when like <laughs> they bring somebody new in and they're like, oh, okay, you're good. Yeah, you're, we don't need to oversee, oversee you. <laughs> yeah, but like, I don't know. It just, it's not a good precedent. Isn't the oversight committee just some of the board of curators? Yeah. It's like not even different people. Yeah. It's just like, and aren't, aren't just you a, already doing that? Yeah. As the board of curators? You just have to specifically establish a Ugh. small group of yourselves yeah. to be in oversight are, are, do you are you not allowed to see the books already <laughs> surely <laughs> they're like keeping the books from you so you have to create a committee and then that now allows you uh, uh yeah man maybe it's not a not an attractive job after all this i gotta disagree with that okay i mean i, I mean, hope not I mean, that's got, I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't know how common that is. I don't know how common an oversights committee is over the athletic de- department. I'll have to do a little research on that. Yeah. We'll get back to you next week. Seriously. Um, but I mean, you've got, a, you've got a football program with playoff aspirations, like realistic mm-hmm. playoff aspirations, great NIL fund. You just got $62 million in anonymous donation. Yeah. A basketball team that can't go any lower and seems to have... I like that spin. ...good people in place. Yeah. I don't know. Better uh, weather than Arizona. Exactly. Yeah, you uh, you get to experience all four seasons. Um, <laughs> you gave me a nice segue there talking about the playoff. Missouri going to be a playoff team next year, we hope and pray. The playoff committee, whatever, 
the playoff oversight committee um, <laughs> announced they are doing the five plus seven model for how teams will be selected into the playoff, which means the five highest ranked conference champions will get the one through five seeds in the 12 team playoff. And the seven, so two teams from the same conference cannot be one of the two in, of the top five. Correct. And then the next, the seven highest non-conference champions will make up the last seven spots. And there is no limit on teams from one conference making the tournament. And Gary Pinkle is on the oversight committee. Yes, yes. Not the, not the board of curators oversight committee. <laughs> yes, the college football <laughs> yes. committee. Uh, yes, he is on the selection committee. So yeah, perfect timing for that. Would but, you be like going hard in the paint for Mizzou if you were Gary Pinkle, or would you almost be like not distancing you have yourself, to, like but recuse like, yourself from? Yeah, would you be like, like conflict trying of interest to like avoid showing your bias? Like I think Mizzou sucks. Me. If I was Gary Pinkle, no, I would not be, I would be, yes, I would be vocally like, you know, campaigning for Mizzou. And then they would kick me off the team, they would kick me off the committee (laughs) after one year, but we'd get, you know, good seating out of it. Yeah. And maybe we only need it for one year. They're like, they go undefeated in SEC play and Gary Pinkle's like, now what if we just put them in the playoff though, just to see what happens? Like what seed would they be? (laughs) I think you meant to say winless. What did I you say? You said undefeated. <laughs> that is different. <laughs> They're undefeated. Let, let's say we stick them in the playoff. What do you say, guys? Everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That Gary. was the plan. Yeah, Gary, they're in. <laughs> yeah. That was like valiant effort trying to do that callback to earlier in the episode, though. Like, really? You were thinking. I thought, it was, I thought I was doing something. You were thinking there. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, so that's how the twelve team playoff is gonna work. We and better we better make it. Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh what the way it was gonna be though, the reason they had to address this is because of the uh you know, the Pac twelve falling apart. Yeah. And Did you know Arizona is gonna be in the big twelve? I didn't know. Actually, that. I didn't even know that. Oh. I read that like today. Oh. Makes sense. Maybe I have heard that. I can't even stay on top of it. Did anymore. uh but Arizona State maybe and uh no no no. oregon state and washington state i think are the only two that i don't know i think i read there was four pac 12 teams going to the big 12 Mm. it's nothing colorado going back i guess i think so yeah um who knows but if they would have kept they had to address this because they had the six highest ranked conference champions going but now there's no more pac 12 so it was going to be like two of the spots were going to be you know, like Oregon State's just going to the playoff every year. <laughs> <laughs> it would have gone to like the MAC champion and the AAC champion, or something. Yeah, we're not doing that. Which this past year, like, if that was in place this past year, like uh, SMU and uh, Liberty would have made it in. They both lost their bowl games, so can't let that happen. Only one of them's allowed. Did you know uh, Georgia beat Florida State by like 60 points? I remember that. In their bowl game? Yeah. Yeah, I just thought I'd bring that up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I saw one, like, I can't remember who it was, but it was like a legitimate outlet was like doing their uh, predictions for next year. Way and there too was early. Six SEC teams in the 12-team playoff in their estimation. 
I don't even know if that's legal, but that's the way they had it. I'll make it legal. Yeah. Six teams. That means they would have to get like five of the six at large or six, whatever. Like almost all of the at large. Yeah. They uh, they must have been doing it wrong. They hadn't heard about the five plus seven rule I yet. guess. Maybe not. Forget about that. It's too hard to figure out. I was trying to like map it out and see how it could look, but eh. wait till it's closer. All right. Well, I think we got all of our speculation out on the uh, AD drama. And you got anything else you want to say? Absolutely not. Okay. Then a uh, special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan D. Moore, Tristan Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Tim Keens, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Groffalo, Brandon Hanks, Matthew Tilly, Lewis Hernandez, and Joshua Jacobson. Thank you. Thank you very much, gentlemen. We love you. And you can find this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod. And you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. If they go undefeated, I bet they get the one seed. Seems like a safe assumption. <laughs> uh, how long does it take to hire an AD? Three, four weeks. We'll see you next week. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next week.